Alright, welcome to another episode of No Investment Advice. We've got the NIA boys here today, Trunk Fan, me, Master Flex himself, Jack Butcher, founder of Visualized Value, and Bilal Zaidi. Boys, there's only one place to start here. It's breaking news. Binance is acquiring FTX. Well, it's, it's TBD, but that is Yeah, uh, TBD, but the, the fact that news. they both tweeted it out is insane, right? Especially what's been going on over the last few months, but not even just last few months, like the last week has been quite well, insane. Let's put it, it's Tuesday, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern right now. So we're done by 2 p.m. Eastern. This whole thing might be stale by then. But uh, let's yeah. just talk about how they got into the situation they did, yeah? But before, meme of the week first. Mate, all right, so this is a great... I mean, look, us guys in the group chat have been sending so many bangers, right? So we, we got a few for you today. Jack, do you want to share a couple it's of the prime, best ones? Man. Prime. <laughs> This is like top five <laughs> tweets of all time, I think. Dave Portnoy, the dude who spams my comments 24-7 is buying FTX, question mark. <laughs> so, so the uninitiated, uh, one of the most common crypto scams is of CZ, uh, who is the founder of Binance, the richest person in crypto right now. I think he's worth 20 or $30 billion. Definitely he is, is a, now. Yeah, he oh, is now. Is. His exchange, Binance, uh, it's an international exchange. It's been known, it's been criticized for the fact that it doesn't have very many guardrails and people think that it's just uh, everything goes wild west, which is true for the Binance exchange. They have a US exchange, which some people may have used, but the international one is one that mints money. But the whole point is this. This is so funny because Wait, even, are these all, yeah, yeah, in the response, even, in, in, yeah. in Dave Portno's tweet, there's a bunch of crypto scams that he had just said <laughs> that it's a bunch of crypto scams. So typically, uh, when you go to a lot of big accounts, like anytime Elon tweets, for example, there's a bunch of fake Vitalik Buterin accounts and fake uh, Vitalik is a founder or one of the key founders of Ethereum and fake CZ Binance accounts. They're just scamming in the replies. So this Dave Porno tweet is just perfect. He quote tweets uh, CZ Binance's announcement which reads one hour ago so this is at noon eastern on tuesday he writes cz writes this afternoon ftx which is founded by another super rich crypto dude sam bankman fried asked for our help there is a significant liquidity crunch to protect users we signed a non-binding loi intending to fully acquire ftx.com and help cover the liquidity crunch ftx.com is their international business to be clear there's also a u.s business. We don't know what's going to go on there, but uh, I'll add the last thing is it's all pending due diligence, which means in the next 24 hours, by the time now and this episode goes out, that due diligence may not satisfy CZ. So Bilal, let me ask is, you, wait, go uh, ahead. I was just going to say, and maybe is another 10 D chess. Oh yeah. We did the but DD and it's I think he's shit. been on, he's been on the 10 right. D chess yeah, already. So we for, will yeah. be explaining how CZ people are accusing CZ have having caused this situation FTX where he caused the liquidity crunch and then now he's coming as a quote unquote savior. But Bilal, can you pull up the stat from Eric Newcomer that you had earlier? Wait, let me pull let that me up. Okay. This is just giving people an idea of the valuation of the FTX has been at and it may or may not be going to zero. So just as I, just an idea of what's going on here. Uh, so I can share, I can share. Hang on, I'm on that Zoom uh, UI issues here. All right, fuck. Sake, I've done it again. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I could do. It. I got this one. It should work. This one, yeah. Yeah. So Eric, newcomer, 
Yeah, Sequoia invested in a 420 million round in FTX at a $25 billion valuation in October 2021. And in consortium with Paradigm invested 400 million at a $32 billion valuation in January 2022, which is only, you know, less than a year ago. And now we're selling in a fire sale. This is a truly crazy event in startworld.com bust level event. I mean, I did see some other tweets earlier, which were basically saying if Celsius, Luna, was was it Bear Stearns? What's going to be the layman? And like, this is, I mean, if I guess the question is, if, if FDX went to zero, basically, and it, they weren't saved, that would be the layman, right? But if they're like bought out by Binance, it's not as bad for the, the space. What do you reckon? Well, yeah, layman was layman was kind of taken apart and bought by other bigger financial institutions. Oh, okay. So then this I one guess is quite similar. significant, uh, obviously, because these were the two uh, biggest players. Uh, Coinbase. Uh, the, these three were kind of considered the, the three main players. Right. But uh, I can give like, we can, let's walk through like what's going on here and why people think that CZ uh, may have triggered uh, the, the liquidity Wait, crunch here. Let's do you want to just, should we just finish that last meme? Cause uh, I think Jack oh, yeah, had yeah, throw up the next one meme. more to share and then we'll this get will to that. Up. This will tear up. Cause you, there's Perfect. something to break down in here. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible for the listeners. The uh, the meme here is a uh, taken from the clip of Elon walking into the Twitter earlier last week with the where he said, "Let that sink in." He's carrying a sink. They superimpose Alameda Research on the on the back wall where the Twitter logo was, and CZ is the guy carrying the sink into yeah. what would be Alameda Research. Which Trung, you could break down Alameda and FTX relationship because that's kind of the crux of this yeah. as well. Okay. Also, oh, last, one, one, last one, last one, last one. One yeah, more meme. On, one on. more meme. Last one. Here we go. This is this one incredible, one. <laughs> man. So this, this is crazy. Originally, there was Mike Novogratz photographed with the, a lunar tattoo, I don't know, two weeks before lunar imploded. And somebody's uh, taken that image, put FTT as the banner on the wolf tattoo, and then switched out his face with SBA. <laughs> Incredible. Just the, honestly, the level of memeing right now. And look at the, look at the, uh, the, the level of craft yeah, on this is pretty say, incredible for the turnaround time. I love that um, Jack's description before when you were saying it, this was superimposed onto uh, the yeah. background. It's like <laughs> the designers coming out of you. Go on, Trump. What are you going to say? Yeah, the the quality of stuff come. We can't even. We could spend an hour just looking through memes. It's just incredible what's happening okay. right now. So let's talk about the structure of FTX here, right? So FTX is a crypto exchange. Uh, it does the majority of its business in derivatives, so the futures and uh, and a lot of like leverage. You can like 10x your crypto trades uh, because of what FTX for, provides. Hundred X, hundred hundred X, and also for like long time listeners, we had the president of FTX on of of FTX, FTX US, US. Uh, come on the show, Brett Harrison, right? Um, and the reason and he, all these exchanges have a U.S. Uh, entity is because the U.S. regulators are like, yo, we can't be having this Wild West, or they're trying to rein it in, obviously. So exactly. go ahead, Bilal. No, I was going to say, and he stepped down, I think, in the last month, was it? Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, so that's also context for like, there were things happening in the background that were making people think like, hey, what's going on there? Uh, yeah. But anyway, back to, back to the play-by-play. -play. I, I also think, uh, so FTX, the exchange, there's like a, a, a sister company that uh, um, Sam Bankman-Fried, this crypto entrepreneur, all, everybody calls SBF. 
we've talked about it. We joked about him with uh, Brett, uh, uh, the former president of FTX US, uh, about six to eight months ago. Uh, so essentially, Alameda is like a hedge fund and a market maker. This is actually not an unusual arrangement in in, in traditional finance. Like the New York Stock Exchange was a market maker, but it was also owned by kind of investors. So it's not unusual, but it does raise a lot of questions about where, okay, like if you're a customer and you put your money at FTX, the exchange, you're like, is any of this money ending up with Alameda, the hedge fund, right? Uh, obviously, SBF has tried to, or has said that, you know, these are kind of a, a Chinese firewall, they're separated. But I think uh, what we're seeing today is that might not be the case. So what kind of is going on is there's this weird arrangement between uh, Alameda Research, uh, the hedge fund, and then FTX, the exchange itself. Okay, now let's bring in Binance, CZ, the guy that Dave Portnoy, Barstool founder, says scams all of his replies, which is true. It's not CZ doing it, but it's all these scam accounts. Uh, Elon's Twitter uh, bot uh, brigade is supposed to get rid of this, but we'll see. We already did enough Twitter last week. We don't have to get into it. But boys, so let's talk about CZ's uh, relationship with FTX. So CZ, bit more OG than SBF in the crypto realm, right? Like Binance is one of the OGs. Did you guys ever trade on Binance back in the day? I can't I confirm what they're able to do yeah. it, but I was told about it a long time yeah, yeah. ago. No, no, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Back in the day, yeah. It is the largest exchange, crypto exchange in the world by far. Uh, and it, it, I think it's 10x the volume of like, like Coinbase, just give That's people wild. an idea. And the interesting thing is they had invested in FTX like early on. The uh, CZ had seen what SPF was doing when he created the exchange. He's like, you know what? Maybe this is a potential way to help me get the U.S. market or, you know, this is a friendly competitor that I'm okay to kind of uh, stake. So the uh, uh, CZ invested in FTX. Again, there's all these kind of like uh, ancestral things going on. But CZ eventually, I think last year or a couple months ago, want to leave, uh, exit his investment. And, and what he ended up doing uh, with uh, Sam Bankman fried is I believe CZ sold his stake in FTX and what he got in exchange was a lot of these tokens, FTT, which is the FTX yeah. token. Have you guys ever had FTT the token? I haven't, but no. it's basically used for trading fees and stuff like that, I believe. So it's kind of like how, again, I don't know exactly, but I think Binance has BNB, but I don't know if they're exactly equivalent, but like Binance has their own, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, Binance has its, but Binance also has its token, right? It's yeah. like a lot of these exchanges have their native token and exactly. the joke that we've had over the past years, like when air, you know, when token is like, when is this crypto project going to have its own token so we can all benefit in the upside? Like that's the running joke, right? Yeah. So, so now uh, it looks like CZ has two bill plus of FTT. And as we've talked about in previous crypto crashes, like the value of these tokens is just basically you know, uh, what is the actual value of these tokens, right? It's like, what was the value of Luna's token? And how yeah. quickly did uh, that Luna project token go to zero? It's a lot of it is just confidence-based. So, well, we talked about this over the past year and why it's so interesting is SPF also obviously slowly became the face of crypto, right? Like, I, I guess in Western mindset, would you guys agree He's that kind of became fro. the face? Yeah, I mean, I think he was on Fortune Magazine's front cover in the last, yeah. like, you like, know, They uh, did a whole PR month push, right? 
Like yeah. he, he got in with like uh, Tom Brady. Obviously, he's a big FTX sponsor. They, they sponsor the Miami Stadium. When we talked about it, they dropped so much money to build Mindshare. And like we talked about, it, it was like the reason was FTX was originally for professional traders, but they really wanted the re- retail market, which is in hindsight kind of funny now because the retail market is completely clapped. So rewind to CZ's relationship with SPF. He owns a lot of FTT, uh, which is the native uh, token for of FTX. But also, as it turns out, a lot of Alameda research, the hedge funds assets are actually just FTT. So what we're seeing now is a bit of a, how would you guys call this? Super incestuous? Like, what, what would you describe? It's like the assets you're presenting to uh, uh, potential lenders and partners is just what you can pump yourself up, right? Like, how would you guys describe that? Sounds like the U.S. economy, but no, I'm not yes. messing around. <laughs> no, you mean uh, you issue debt maybe. to the world in a what? no I'm messing similar, around? But, does it sound like Luna in a bit, like in a similar vein of like Luna saying, "Hey, look how much like our tokens worth," and they're going to lenders, being like, "Oh, yeah. look, this Luna token's worth so much. Can we borrow X amount?" Does that yeah, sound yeah, about right? No, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so so that's the that's the setup now. The uh, SPS's hedge fund has a lot of FTT which in a lot of ways is just, it's just imaginary, right? The value of it. Obviously he's supporting that value with a big exchange and kind of his reputation. But over the past year, uh, and why we talked to Brett, the former president of FTX, US a lot of, is that the amount of regulation that they're trying to navigate, right? Like SPF is always in Congress and always testifying that, that crypto needs to be regulated. So um, we had the running joke. Remember the shoes where his shoe was improperly tied, and uh, that was that was uh, everybody was giving that a good run. Yeah. So over the past couple of months, SPF has aggressively been trying to tailor the regulation, and he obviously has a big presence in the United States. He's a big lender to the Democratic Party, so he's trying to influence regulators uh, uh, to the benefit of crypto. But it sounds like. Specifically, and not surprising at all, more to the benefit of FTX than maybe competitors like Binance or Coinbase. So it sounds like CZ caught wind of what SPF was trying to do. And he's like, oh, hold on a second here. I have a shit ton of FTT tokens and I have leverage over FTX and SPF if it sounds like they're trying to do me dirty. So yesterday, which is Monday, what happened? CZ, there's a report that came out from Coindesk that said they got hold of Alameda Research uh, books. And they looked at the books and they said, you know what? It looks like there's a massive hole in this uh, in their asset holdings. And it, it looked like that they had borrowed or their equity in or the, the, the actual assets they own, which was not against margin or lending, was about 20% of the entire portfolio. So it sounded like that uh, Alameda Research was doing something very similar to every bloat we've seen, uh, Three Arrows Capitals, which we've talked about, uh, the, uh, the Luna blow up, the Celsius blow up. They're all chasing extra yield. Yeah. So now the question becomes what we talked about earlier. Were they using customer funds from FTX to potentially lever up the Alameda Research Hedge Fund? So that's the question, right? Yeah. So if I were to present that to you guys, what do you think was a likely uh, a likelihood of that happening? Uh, go on, Jack, if you've got an Sorry, idea. I was going to say, I don't I have any idea. I was just curious if we know the percentage difference in like the money they 
raised and the money they used to operate the business and how much how much how how much customer funds were deposited on the platform i don't know if that's the right grammar but you right, get what right, i'm saying right. i don't have the number here but it's gotta uh, be think... dwarfed it's gotta dwarf the investment by a lot though i would think right yeah exactly and there's another thread here that we'll go into why the other thread uh, which comes from a hilarious name wasi lawyer uh, is very thorough <laughs> but he describes why he he finds uh spf going to ftx a very interesting move which can describe what we're talking about right now so basically yeah, trunk can i just add one one thing you might have just touched it there on it before but one of the other things is um cz like basically they owned a bunch of ftt too right so that was uh yeah, that's yeah. kind of also what triggered it you might well, have mentioned they got that before it, they got that uh, to, exactly to your point they got that just to re-emphasize the, a big chunk of ftt was when they sold back out their stake in ftx back to spf so that was part of the transaction they got about and two billion in ftt yeah and because i think i think um what's his name cz basically came out very recently a few days ago saying SBS has been basically chank shit about us to regulators yes. or something like that. And and because of that, I'm going to get rid of... Well, I'm not saying it's because of that, but he, he is going to basically reason. sell. He exactly. found the Coindesk uh, article. That, the uh, one that you referenced. Like, exactly. He's like, oh, it looks like this. the the the, uh, the books for Alameda leaked. And look, it might yeah. not be as secure as it looks. Uh, the Alameda and, CEO, uh, Caroline, actually wrote out and said... Uh, She's saying basically, and listen, what we learned from uh, Doquan and uh, and uh, what was the guy, Zhu <laughs> Su, the three yeah. AC guys, and uh, actually and recently, Celsius did yeah, the same and thing. Celsius, and if we're talking about traditional finance, Credit Suisse a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, anytime you have to go to the market and say, "Yo, we're good," we're not good. You're not good. <laughs> yeah, That's, exactly. Like the Credit Suisse one. This isn't just crypto, right? Credit Suisse goes out like two weeks ago and they're like, hey, uh, sending like an email to their like biggest partners. Everything's good here. The second you send that, <laughs> it's over. Right? So so the, the CEO of Alameda says everything's cool. Yeah. And but CZ had already said we're going to dump our FTT. And I think that's like two billion dollars worth yeah. of so, money. So that's a lot of and pressure. Caroline tries to come in from Alameda. This is the FTX's sister hedge fundy thing. And she's like, Oh no, we're good. We'll buy it at $22, which is like a, 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 a pretty safe valuation. But I think it dropped to 13 or 12 uh, last night. And basically I just, if there's one takeaway from this. It's a credit Suisse, like traditional finance takeaway. If you have to tell people that everything's okay, it's not okay. Yeah. And the entire financial industry is run on trust and a confidence. And that just goes right out the window. Right. Exactly. And and the so, other numbers, sorry, Trunk, I just have the numbers yeah. here on, on the leak. Again, sorry, if you already said this, I might have missed it, but the assets, uh, the Alameda apparently had 12 billion in assets, 7 billion in liabilities, but half of their assets are FTT tokens. Exactly. So if that yeah. is plummeting, people have, you know, he signaled to the market, we're going to dump 2 billion, right? That's going to tank the price. That's that's enough to tank the price. That is where what essentially caused a bit of a bank run. People... And they know Alameda is uh, connected to FTX. You know, there's, they're like a market maker or whatever. Um, and so, like, in the last few days, a bunch of people started trying to withdraw stuff from the FTX. The same way they did with Celsius, the same way they did with Luna, exactly. et cetera. And it's the same kind of story with any but kind of wait, FTX was like pausing or people were having difficulty withdrawing some money. funds, right? Yeah, 
exactly. Well, I'll give you a, so uh, you guys know uh, the legend Harala Bob. He tweeted out uh, uh, earlier this morning. He's like, oh, wait, Jack, you sent that. He's like, uh, one of my buddies will sell his entire FTX uh, uh, deposits at 93 yeah. cents on the dollar. He's like, yeah, this is a legit that. offer. If you have faith in FTX, and he's a, he's a total whale, right? Uh, Harala Bob is. Um, and then the other thing we talked about, we didn't bring it up, but Kobe, also legendary crypto uh, trader, uh, changed his name from... Uh, FTX used to sponsor his podcast called Up Only, and he's like, "We're recording a live episode now, brought to you by Binance," yeah. which is just, which is objectively hilarious. So, basically, that brings us all to today. So, we're suspecting that Alameda may have taken customer funds. We don't know that. What we do know is that a lot of their holdings are FTT, the token, and if that goes down aggressively, which it is right now, that could blow up Alameda. If Alameda is blown up. What does that do to FTX, right? People don't believe their deposits are going to be safe there. So that is where we are with uh, the situation as of this morning. So before we get into the lawyer's thread, which is very good, what are your guys' thoughts as of now? It's wild. Jack, well, let's, let's add this. Let, let's make this clear. CZ, we're talking about 4D chess. CZ started all of this, this loss of confidence. Because he's one of the two biggest hitters in crypto. Brian Armstrong from Coinbase is the other one, right? We're talking about yeah. three godfathers of crypto. Not godfathers, but like the three big guys on the exchanges, right? Yeah. So, CZ, well, I, do you think he 4D chess this? I mean, well, I was just going to read. This is, I kind of agree with Autism Capital on Twitter here. Autism Capital said, <laughs> CZ just executed the most gangster play we've seen in crypto ever, period. The balls on this man, truly bravo. Also bravo to Sam to choose the correct option that protects customer assets, swallows pride, and not burn everything down in, in an unnecessary fight. What a show, all caps. And I complete, I mean, that is a perfectly summarized, honestly, because like we don't know the full details of what's been going on, but even the public stuff alone shows, he was like, oh, well, I'm gonna sell $2 billion worth of this. That's already enough to tank them. And then he's coming and scooping it up at a discount, essentially. Um, and on, on Sam's side, I also agree with it. Like this could easily be, and we don't know what's going to actually happen in the end here because it might be that it doesn't go through for whatever due diligence reason. But he could have easily just been like, oh no, I'm not going to sell to the guy who's trying to take me out. Yeah, right? yeah, he could, yeah. and, and that would be catastrophic because I think like Celsius was pretty terrible. Luna was terrible. This would have been another level if, if that is oh, what yeah, happens. Oh yeah, because it would have zeroed everyone, right? Yeah, if they're the second biggest um, exchange after Binance, that's, I mean, it's great. Imagine Coinbase like going, basically ceasing to exist. That would be an insane level of an event. So yeah, I mean, I kind of disagree with that. I mean, CZ's yeah. like coming up on top here. Yeah, I'd love to get Jack's thoughts to where we are right now. What do you feel about the CZ uh, move here? Blau thinks SPF, uh, uh, all in terms of alternatives, did the right things to potentially get make the customers whole. Could have been a lot more, I guess, uh, what's the word, vindictive? Or if you're, you know, you get painted in a corner like that, you just want to, you want to do crazy shit. So what do you think? Yeah, I don't, uh, I was going to talk more about the like how new ftx is relative to binance and like the stability mm. that, that provides binance like being as early as they were you imagine early conviction um imagine the early sorry someone's ringing my phone i keep muting it and they keep ringing me for some reason right. oh. um it's good, SPF. 
Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> tell you to the, shut up. Yeah, like they were they were basically on tilt, growing with leverage in every direction. We talked about it last year, right? It's like you're plowing the kind of money they spent on marketing, the amount, like the speed they were trying to grow. It's like it's a high risk strategy that they undertook in every area, right? What it didn't have the hallmark, hallmarks of like sustainable business growth. You know, it's all done on leverage, raising massive rounds, and um. Binance might have make, made similar moves and has like some of the, like exhibit some of the same qualities, but it's so much more established and probably growing from such a stronger foundation just in terms of like collateral and everything. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I was just finding these businesses kind of crazy too. Like how you get to the valuation you get to when really the... The, where does the revenue come from? The trading fees. Yeah. And we've seen this happen with a bunch of different businesses that basically facilitate the same transaction, right? Robinhood. It's like, we think this thing's going to be the biggest unicorn in the world. And as soon as the market turns down, like, guess what? People aren't like spending eight hours a day staring at these charts and apps. and all. So I think basically Binance is big enough to weather this like downturn. FTX wasn't. And like even all the things they've been doing marketing wise, I think maybe this play into regulation and like, you know, getting into DC, things of that nature, that's another attempt to like stabilize your foundation, but it's still a small company. And then the, we've talked about this a bunch, the like tying your, tying a lot of risk to a liquid token, not even like a, not even a, um, like a traditional financial instrument, like a, oh, a like stock. a hard asset. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 It's like that exposes you to a crazy amount of risk too. And then you, for your competitor to like own a significant portion of that is like, you basically got your pants pulled down, right? They can do, they can make a ridiculous <laughs> difference to Which your is what standing. Happened. Essentially right. what happened. Yeah. So I think, I don't know, I'm not really, uh, well educated on like the, you know, the, the way in which these firms at that scale do battle with one another, but just seems like they had, like, they were overexposed, over leveraged and I guess trying to kind of make those leaps and grow in, in ways that stopped working when the market stopped going up in a straight line, right? That's all of this FTX stuff. I feel like all the fervor surrounding it was like during the most obscene bull run that we've yeah. seen in crypto. So, uh, yeah. Well, and, let's, uh, uh, let's talk about this. Like, what's the uh, Warren Jack, Buffett quote? Report. When the tide goes out, you know, swimming you, naked. You swimming naked. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, here's the thing I'd add to Jack's point is let's look at some of these, like uh, Europe, uh, the Eric Newcomer thing was at a $40 billion, $32 billion valuation. Yeah, I've uh, well, closed take, the tab, but yeah. Oh. Let's take the high growth drawdowns that we've seen, right? I know we had a chart here of all the uh, the public tech companies, high tech growth companies that are just I can, I can uh, share that as well while we're talking. Go on. Yeah, so like, well, let, let's take the median drawdown for the high growth tech stocks, right? Like the Shopify's, the Twilio's, the uh, uh, whatever else, like you call, you all the shit coins. You talking yeah. about all the shit coins? Yeah. So call it seventy percent. Yeah, here it is. Crazy. So for people listening, do you want to just share some of 
This is a chart yeah, want- from Jason Calicanis. Yeah. Um, so he's just asking what people would value more in most in five years. But this is this is uh, is this a drop in the last year for these companies, or is, 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 is it, it from the high? Day? I think it's from it might, high. It's from the high. It might from be the from the highest price. Yeah. So this is a bunch of growth stocks, a bunch of growth uh, companies, um, and it's the value. I I'm assuming it's so the value many of, of these them. stocks. It's yeah. really painful. Hundred percent. And so like there's companies like Peloton down ninety one point four percent, Affirm eighty eight percent, Asana eighty five percent, etc. etc. You can go all the way down to even like Square down seventy six percent, Coinbase eighty percent. Um, I mean, the, Facebook isn't showing on here, but I'm pretty sure Facebook is like 71% oh, yeah. or something. Well, let's call like it 70%. Well. Let's call it 70% drawdown. That means FTX is the private company. So you could even call it 80% drawdown because of the e-liquidity premium. I mean, sorry, discount. So if you're not liquid, you get a discount typically. And um, so 80% from 32 billion. What is that? Uh, like six? Six no billion. Public maths. Yeah, go yeah. on. Yeah. Five to six. So so they were worth five to six billion if they're publicly traded in reality, right? Or give it the Coinbase drawdown. So it's like FTX was not worth 32 billion to Jack's point at the hype, at the headiest days, right? That was its valuation. So it's actual valuation. Free CZ pantsing them, as Jack described it, is like five billion. But now because of the structure of what happened. If they, they, they legitimately might be worth like there's a world where it could be worth zero right because they yeah. easily because of the whole they're, in Alameda, up, they're, they're basically covering their debts equivalent so exactly. you're basically getting it for zero or that though in the uk you'd often get a company being bought for one pound yeah. but you're already taking on all their, debt. their uh, liabilities right yeah point zero 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 one <laughs> cent per customer for a yeah CZ. exactly <laughs> seriously okay. though insane right um yeah so what, let, let me actually walk through this uh, Wazi Lawyer thread at Wazi Lawyer. It's actually very interesting uh, because he's basically saying if you're SPF, and, and Bilal, you brought this up. You're like, did SPF, quote unquote, uh, do the right thing by the customers? I mean, he probably did the wrong thing because this whole thing blew up. But let's walk through Wazi. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, B. Um, so SPF could have done the following. He could have got three options get emergency debt financing, seek new equity investment, or liquidate and buy time, liquidate assets and buy time. So what he's done though, is he's gone to Binance and CZ who started the entire process. And what this actually means uh, as far as Wazi Laura uh, is, is insinuating is that they did use customer funds to uh, uh, juice up Alameda. And the reason why he believes that is because I think he really does want to make the customers whole. And if he had gone through the other steps, it probably would have wiped out a lot of customer deposits. So uh, I'm wondering why he's doing that though. Cause uh, Wazi writes here, instead of seeking finance from any other party or buy more time by throttling withdrawals, SPF bent the knee to Binance. Does this mean that FTX has such a big hole that we weren't talking about an emergency swing line? So yeah, it sounds like SBF basically didn't want to go the other routes. Uh, they did have a massive hole and FTX uh, and SBF to Bilal's point did want to kind of make the customers whole. I wonder if that has to do with the fact that he understands that if the customers got wiped, that's game over. 
like for the crypto industry. Like, what do you right. think about that as a thesis? Yeah, I think so. And and if you had the ability to do that, but still ethically, like still wanted to make an ethical exit, you could just say, "Hey, we're shutting it down. Everybody, take their funds out." It's obvious that you're like savagely over leveraged if you need somebody to come in and basically replace the funds that you say you are holding for these people. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think these um, isn't it like F. Where is FTX International headquartered? Bahamas or something? Yeah. Probably, so yeah. maybe like the jurisdictions where these things have been set up have allowed for less, uh, like less risk management, shall we say, right? And uh, it feels to me like it's just a customer acquisition play by Binance. They know that they've got them and maybe they have to pay a couple billion dollars even to like make everybody on the platform whole, but I don't know, maybe they can stand to absorb that. I don't know what Binance is worth. Oh, yeah. It's oh, for them, they're getting a steal probably because they've got like all the infrastructure, assets, customers, like they're, and they're more importantly, they're taking out the number two player, right? Like in a, and that, to one of your, one of you guys talked about this earlier about the, the valuation of these companies. The reason they were valued at that company is because someone was willing to pay that valuation at some point, right? Whether that's the investment rounds or the public markets for like Coinbase, etc. So in this case, it's just the whole world has obviously changed. The investment environment has changed. There's deep recession. Uh, all the growth stocks got smashed. Crypto got smashed. So now we're just in a state where things were already worth less anyway. But now if they're in a vulnerable position, they're just picking them up in, you know, in, in normal terms, in a, in a non-crypto growth market, like in traditional company terms, there's mergers and acquisitions all the time. And you, you buy in your second, you know, the number two player, most of the time gets blocked depending on uh, yeah. which industry. But a lot of time for competitive reasons, you get blocked. So uh, again, we don't even know. So on the international I don't know front. If, yeah, I was going to say here, I don't know how that even works because it's, yeah, it's a- uh, Well, you're going to, to your point, you could have like, where is Binance's biggest market? They're Asia focused, right? So you conceivably could have uh, maybe Singapore or China. I think they're out of China now. Uh, probably too much risk, fair enough, uh, if you're trying to run that type of business. But yeah, uh, you're 100% right. If this was in the United States, there, especially under the current regulatory regime, there would be a lot of questions as to, is this okay? Um, yeah, you're crazy. So Binance, is, Binance is apparently estimated to be worth 300 billion. Still? I just tried to find Wait, out what, where what, is... What month is that? Oh, that valuation. Today. Oh, today they're worth there's 300 an, billion. A TechCrunch article today. I don't know where they get the number from, but that's what I said, 300 billion. And where is Binance headquarters? It doesn't have a headquarters. In the cloud, mate. Like, <laughs> yeah. With Andreessen Horowitz. Yeah. yeah. It's a network state. It's so a network. There we go. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see who gets involved because there's probably plenty of people who don't want them to gobble up a good amount more. And there was an argument to be made that the FTX... Uh, attempt to like get closer to the uh, lawmaking process and and legislation writing was like all done in good faith, right? It was like let's steward the crypto industry in, you know, however you want to interpret that. I think is obviously a play to like make their business bigger, but whoever saw that as a positive way of them engaging is probably not that 
keen on Binance gobbling that whole thing up. So we'll see. Yeah. But they might maybe powerless to stop it too. Like who knows? Um, who knows? Like what the jurisdictions are of what agencies get involved in something like that. We'll see. And what the other question I had, and this is this might be a really ignorant question, so but I'll ask out loud. Um, so quick question on CZ. One of you two might know. So CZ is Chinese, but he he actually gr- spent a lot. Chinese, I think Canadian. he grew up Canadian. I was gonna say he grew up in. Canada, I think in Vancouver, actually. Um, and so he spent a lot of time in North America, obviously. I don't know where he's he's actually based nowadays, but like, what is the relationship with Binance and like China itself? Do, do you have any, you know, the way we talk about TikTok and, and China and like, um, uh, is there like a very different relationship with Binance I think being, I, to my understanding, is it a Chinese I think company? Binance or? left uh, or went cloud mm-hmm. first or There's whatever no their servers in yeah. China, it says. Yeah. Yeah, I, okay, I think okay. whatever their relationship is or however they are structured now is because they didn't want to They have, didn't want to be buddy-buddy. Well, buddy, you, like to your point, they would just be owned by the, uh, by uh, whatever the... Yeah, which, uh, you can't the use Binance system. in China either. You don't know that. Like, you, you, can't, yeah, you can't even use Binance in China. Got it, got it. Okay, Binance that's founder, good to know reiterated that Binance is not a Chinese company. It was never incorporated in China. The country continues to ban alleged. cryptocurrency. They just, they just clean up. Well, there's some, uh, some, uh, some loose uh, uh, ends here that are worth noting is, listen, a lot of Binance activity has been much criticized, right? Because how opaque they are. Uh, because they are run, uh, to Jack's point, in, all, in the cloud, apparently, right? If that's what it's saying. And uh, they don't really have a domicile to be regulated. So like, I think uh, ones that I heard a lot is like, you know, stuff that people say about crypto as a criticism is like, oh, money laundering for X regime, the Iranians or North Koreans is like, those charges are levied at Binance quite credibly, uh, credibly in the sense of, yeah, who is regulating them, right? Who is actually overseeing that company? And uh, that's why, again, these assets uh, that are being uh, FTX being purchased, not FTX US, right? That's a totally different beast. FTX US is its own thing. But who knows what's going to happen now? Well, that, there's reputational, like, yeah, collateral damage by a massive amount too, right? Yeah. Well, key question is, what is the stadium going to be called now, man? Is it yeah. going to be <laughs> yeah, yeah. the Binance. Binance Stadium or whatever? That uh, is wild, man. I think, I think our boy Ramp put story. that out already. The, uh, oh, wow, yeah, yeah, I quick. probably read it this morning. It's Someone edited head. the Wikipedia page already, by the way. Yeah. BNB <laughs> Stadium. Oh, my God. Killing it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, it's good. Anything it's, else uh, on that, boys? I mean, it's, I think we covered it pretty well, but is there any loose ends like you said there, Trung? It's going to be uh, a good Netflix. It's going to be a good Netflix film can about you this imagine? at some point, right? I mean, I'm waiting. crypto not, shit. Not just, yeah, not just this story, but like the whole thing. It's going to be like the big short. We did the big short. That's what we 10. want. That's what we, we want yeah, the big Adam, short. Adam McKay, yeah, partners, <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, former partners, Will Ferrell. Well, let me, let me, let me add this is, uh, be, uh, the things I would ask are the following. And bro, I mean, Jack brought up beginning was how misallocated were the customer funds? That's going to be a big deal, right? What, what man were any routed towards the democratic party that or any, uh, not just democratic parties. Like, like that would well, be the second biggest democratic donor this cycle. You know that? Absolutely wild, man. I wonder what, I, I would love to see what the, uh, the tweets about that are right now. I, I don't see anything, but dude, so, uh, insane. The whole situation is insane. Um, yeah, I mean, the, this is this is not 
beneficial to me to say this because of my uh, allocation in this area. But this is like the, I mean, they're essentially like trying to build a sustainable casino, right? That's the model here. And then <laughs> themselves having the advantage of seeing how everybody else are placing bets should, I think their thesis is, that's going to make us bulletproof, right? We have all this, it's the same Citadel thesis. We have like the order flow of everything in the world or enough. We have enough data on the market that we can out trade our customers. Basically that's what the hedge fund is, right? But they weren't able to do that. Yeah. Oh, I, I actually, to your point, Jack, I'll, I'll tell you something. Uh, you made me think of while you're explaining that the casino part. Think about when Luna went down, uh, Mike Novogratz, big crypto entrepreneur, how much shit he took, right? Well, he did get the Luna tattoo in his arm. So understandably, <laughs> but FTX brought in a lot of platinum investors, right? You did the, uh, you did the Eric Newcomer thing with uh, Sequoia was invested. Paradigm was invested. Uh, Ontario Teachers Pension Plan. Uh, the that's CEO, wild. That's yeah, wild. Man, who put, closed that pitch? Jeez. Yeah, you know what I mean? Imagine, and, and remember, imagine like, being in that room. Can you dude, imagine? That sounds great. I, don't, I think about that. They, they gave the Jack pitch. He just had, listen, we're trying to make this casino stuff, but like way more interesting and way faster and like digital. And we know everybody's cards. We know everybody's yeah. cards. So you're trying to retire cards. in 27 years or in three. So yeah. that is the pitch. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, exactly. Right. When do these teachers want to retire? When do the teachers of Ontario want to retire? <laughs> Insane, man. So That's like, wild. And then Bill Clinton and uh, Tony Blair, the former prime minister of UK, were in the Bahamas like six months ago. Like just unbelievable. Top signals right? all over the shop. Just top it? signals, man. And uh, so all this is happening. People's reputations, the, the, the amount of reputational wandering that was happening with guys like Bill Clinton going down there. And listen, it's not like Clinton is not spotless at all, right? As we well, literally not spotless. <laughs> there are spots everywhere, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I think that's going to be an interesting thing, like the follow from the people involved with this. And remember, like like uh, SBF was one of the loudest proponents of Earn to Give, of the effective altruism movement. Blah. This is and, your domain, buddy. Well, and also, I mean, I will say, apparently, so is CZ. So uh, hopefully, it's just. The goodwill is passed on to the next rich person uh, yeah, yeah. to keep that uh, passing the baton, as they say. But no, I mean, it is pretty wild, man. This is as uh, I think it's all happened so quickly this morning for us. Like <laughs> we were preparing to record and like an hour or two before we, this stuff drops. Right. And we were like, oh, my God, what the hell is going on? I'm still digesting it. And we'll, we'll give the best, listeners yeah. a little behind the scenes. It's like, I came late, like 15 to 20 minutes. And part of it was like, I'm reading all these threads and looking at all the memes. Absorbing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. So anyways, that was a good 50 minutes. So I, I think we, we mentioned at the beginning, Bilal, why don't we close with this? Let's revisit our earlier predictions on crypto. Like what we were a year ago versus now. I think people will I think we did. We this. did. Um, I remember the episode was like a yeah, we did a bear market episode. Yeah. Do you remember that one as well? Let's, Fud let's yeah, Fud yeah, yeah, Bilal. Fud Bilal, exactly. Why don't yeah. we revisit that revisiting? Because this is to your point earlier, Bilal, this is like a layman style type of uh, uh move. So, Bilal, why don't we start with you? What do you think? Well, and so what is the question is revisiting, revisiting our crypto, yeah. just how Not we feel about your crypto sense as and well. your sentiment, yeah. Yeah, I think the sentiment for me is when you're in the euphoria moment 
and there's you know jpegs being flipped for hundreds of thousands of dollars and we're just getting used to it and i'm not just picking on nfts but there were lots of things like that random shit coins going to the moon we all know right like we're like this is stupid but there were so many things that were stupid for so many for so many years that you just assume it's going to keep going until maybe we're stupid yeah exactly yeah. and we could still be being stupid right now because you know it's november 2022 now and we're probably there could be two three more years of a basically a deep recession like outside of just the investing environment i mean like we might only be scratching the surface we've just got all these tech layoffs like if you told me even a year ago that you know facebook are going to be cutting jobs twitter's going to fire 40 50 percent of the workforce google doing hiring freeze if not more insane right like all the of the facebook tech companies huge, eh? like facebook bro, can you give us massive. a view Okay, can you yeah, tell on, us why, like, in your gut? Yeah, I mean, I, and, well, I was just going to say, if their stock price is down 71%, you know, they're spending a crazy amount of money on the metaverse big bet. They've had to re basically pivot the company towards this big bet because their core business is not going to grow at the rate it needs to to be a growth, you know, technology company, essentially. Um, but the amount of money they're spending on it, I didn't realize until recently, like is an insane amount of money, right? Over like a 10 year period or whatever they're committing to. So um, yeah, so they've got to a stage where the, the, uh, the flip side is we know in the frothy market, how many people, even now, man, like two weeks ago, I'm on TikTok and you're seeing, I'm a PM at Meta, I'm a PM at LinkedIn, at Google, this is my day. And it's like, get coffee, 10.32 a.m., go to the rooftop, go to the gym, gonna go play volleyball. And look, look I work there, right? So I'm not like shitting on the people. Did because, you hit the kombucha on tap? Just be honest. Oh yeah, let's be clear. Yeah, a few more things on tap. Yeah, so I was, <laughs> I was definitely making the most of it, but that is the trade, right? That we're in a good environment. You go there, if you're a smart person, you're well qualified, you can go there, earn a, a pretty decent salary. You could probably make more money elsewhere, but you, you're you like, oh no, I'm gonna give up a little bit of the, the money for work-life balance and the ambition that a lot of us might have had that you can't lose at a big company. And uh, so I think a lot of people have been coasted and that's kind of the summary, right? Like a lot of these companies are over bloated. Maybe but not- happy, at the baby. Exactly, exactly. So there's, there's, there's that element. So that most of the big tech companies could probably easily lose 20% of the workforce and their actual productivity would stay similar, if not more, because people, it will give people a kick. But, you know, 50% of Twitter is a big one. And that's really sad because like, yeah, I literally spoke to some of the people there in the last week and they're like, you know, it's a shit show, right? Um, Guys, hold so, on. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go mention this because this is, I just got a message. Yeah, Kobe, we need to talk about Kobe, the legend, and Up Only TV. Doquan and Scrully are on the live stream. Martin Scrully <laughs> just told Doquan, Jill's not that, that bad. <laughs> oh, no way. Bro. Incredible. Is this, is, this is absolutely out of control, man. Yo, Scrully. This is absolutely out of control. I know. I, I don't know if we're allowed to. Are we allowed to talk about Scrully? And uh, can we talk about no, this? Or? I, well, we, I, this thing's happening well, you, you right had a call now. with him in the past, right? Like you had a, you did an yeah, interview yeah, in with him. This is, in the past. This is yeah. absolutely wild, This man. guy does content, man. I didn't especially want him on the pod, to be honest, but I was like, man, this guy is uh, going to be top content either way. He's an entertainer. Anyway, let's get back to what we were saying. Um, what was the question, Trunk? Did, did, I think you were saying about all these big companies being bloated. Yeah, I was just saying like uh, it, the, F, uh, the, uh, the Facebook... Um, Firings to you must have been crazy because in the heyday, 
like you were at peak big tech, you know what I mean? When you were at Google, it's pretty close to like, these guys yeah. are unstoppable. And like, well, and th th happen, that's kind of what the, the last thing I'll say was, if you told me a year ago that the companies like, like big tech will be having to fire people, because if you just look at the macro economy, where's the growth? The growth is coming from technology companies and, you know, technology and science. That, those are the only kind of areas really growing and then climate, right? If you kind of bucket them into one big thing. So you just assume we're going to keep investing in it, going to keep growing, going to keep inventing stuff. And then the people in trouble are going to be traditional industries. And maybe they're all kind of fucked, to be honest, right now. But um, I never thought, you know, a company like Google or Facebook in our kind of like recent times, especially a year ago when everything's so frothy, a year later, people are having to cut that many jobs is, is pretty crazy. Um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I feel about it. But yeah, what about you guys? Jack, what are, you, what are your thoughts on revisiting uh, crypto? Well, you know what's crazy about what you just said, Bilal? I remember when we had that conversation with Brett. Didn't they have 200 employees or something? This is FTX oh, US, yeah. right? But and how assuming, they were quite no, lean. The entire company. Assuming the entire they, they company. had that philosophy across all of their businesses, right? Like it was a labor light, capital heavy yeah. business and the, Leverage for the heavy. Facebooks, right? <laughs> yeah. for, the, for, the, for the Facebooks, the Instagrams and the whatever's of the world, they're riding on a trend that is not financial market uh, tied, right? Yeah. So like you're, you're, you're riding this trend of people going on, the, going on a screen and talking about what they have for lunch. And it don't matter whether your stock moves. And they're creating a trend, the to be fair, moves. as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it's a behavioral thing. Whereas like FTX is so exposed to the whims of the financial markets that if you are over leveraged in a situation like that, you lose users by a like an exponential rate versus a Facebook or wherever else. It's like, okay, we can go in and we can like make something, make a better product feature. We can get people to spend more time on here. FTX is very, very heavily dependent on, you know, the average retail investor is going to participate when the market is moving up and to the right. Yeah. Right? We know that for a fact. That's when the game is the most fun. And that's when people play it. Yes, your institutional customers and stuff are going to play the market regardless of the conditions, but they ran into, I think, a change that they could not weather behavior wise right and i think they are trying to overcome that with the tom brady with the stadium with the this with the larry yeah, david like let's get everybody on there and it was smart it was still like i still stand by a lot of the stuff we said like their their expansion into like educating yeah, the customer and doing interesting uh being creative to do that was was intelligent marketing but the force against you in terms of like whether people want to participate in this market or not, you just can't overcome it. Like you can't go and build a VR headset and like let people escape from- You could try, right? spend $10 billion <laughs> a year. Yeah. You yeah. could try, well, yeah, Well, yeah. Jack, just to your point, I think the summary of that is like something we've talked about since episode zero and what we've always harped on about, especially with crypto is what are the use cases? And like every time we, we get to it, we're talking about a new idea, step in app. Oh, we're going to get paid to walk around like a lemon. Yeah. Okay. I used it for a week just to test it out, just to burn my money. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing. I'm basically not making money. I'm just being given a, a fake money here. So like that, that sort of stuff, where's the use case? And, and when everything's going up, 
use case doesn't matter as much because you're just addicted to the dopamine of your number going up. But That's when the, things, the game is the use yeah, case, right? Exactly. Well, it's, like, it's like Jack was saying that they're going to the Ontario teacher pension plan and being like, listen, how quickly do these teachers want to retire? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I, I would also say like that's the that has been so much of the messaging in all markets, right? You go on cnbc.com, you'll get a pop-up that says, get amazing tips from Jim Cramer on how to like bulletproof oh, your retirement. It's all bullshit. Yeah, yeah. It's all yeah. like it's all marketing nonsense versus like this is what clouds the I think what the real innovators in the space of people that built these technologies in the first place are probably and have vocally been like the Vitalik's like, yes, I did envision that there will be better applications for this than trading cartoon pictures, right? That yeah. wasn't why, yeah. why this was, was conceived. It wasn't in built. the white paper. Right. <laughs> and, and the reality is you build something permissionless, you are going to get the highest volume of mental idiotic stuff happening. And, uh, long-term bet is that the technology is fundamentally superior over a longer period of time where people start to value it for what it enables at a protocol level and what can be built on top of it yeah but in the short term and maybe we never ever able to escape this right it's like the things that people build on it are just speculation machines as a function of this thing being connected to 4 billion people at any one time, even if it starts out as something that has a very simple and refined uh, objective. Case. Like a Uniswap, yeah. right? Is an amazing protocol tool that lives by itself. It's not leveraged. It's a peer-to-peer -peer financial system, smart contracts governing the relationships between customers and all that stuff. That to me is a very, very impressive piece of technology, but it's surrounded by like act like people who act as i think this is we talked about this when we talked about spf the first time he don't give a shit about crypto he's just trying to make as much money as he can as fast as he can yeah right? he said i would sell orange juice futures <laughs> if that was what right. made me the most money or whatever right and he nah. understands that he can if he can build too, features yeah if you can build features that are like yeah, I'll give you a hundred X leverage. And if like, we'll liquidate you all day long, we'll add that to our balance sheet. And then I'll go and back gamble it on orange juice futures. Cause I'm smarter than you. And then yeah. I'm going to donate all the money afterwards. And I think people like weirdly respected that. Like he's like kind of a, he's gone <laughs> into his villain arc now, but he was celebrated for a long, long, long time. The on Forbes uh, cover, Twitter. like a uh, Buco capital, a hilarious uh, Twitter account uh, posted the, uh, Forbes cover, is this the next Warren Buffett? And he just goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Well, guys, I have, uh, I have two follow-ups. This might be of interest. So this is my thought about has anything changed? I think from the last time we chat, not really. He's like, listen, we, I, first of all, I only hold Bitcoin and Ethereum and I've talked myself into the Michael Saylor. This is going to be the long-term like, like, listen, you want Manhattan built on a block of granite, right? So like that hasn't changed. The Tesla sugar cube for the listeners, if you remember that, we were told that. Yeah. <laughs> that when did it for you? That did yeah, it for you? Yeah, when we told, when we asked Michael Saylor uh, uh, what uh, would, uh, would convince him that Bitcoin was better, he's like, listen, if somebody came to you with a Tesla that could be powered with a sugar cube, yeah, you'd want that. But that ain't happening. That's not what's happening here. Bitcoin is the best we have. But anyway, so the thing I would add is what has changed, and I, I was circling around this, but somebody just posted the perfect tweet about it, is... Clearly, if SBF, who was like the face for the U.S. regulators, was that guy, 
and this happened to his company. So if you're the U.S. regulators, okay, we got it. Like the hammer needs to come down, right? Like something needs to happen. Unfortunately, for the ethos of a lot of crypto people, they're not going to like it. But if SBF is the guy and this is what happens, it's not a great look, right? So uh, uh, Kevin Werbach uh, tweets this. Uh, this is an interesting tweet. He writes, the biggest blind spot in crypto regulation isn't DeFi. It's the offshore exchanges like Binance, Bitfinex, Tether, and Deribit. They dominate the global market. Their only hope is for the U.S. to keep ignoring them. Binance acquiring FTX International makes that much less likely. So in a way, Binance has put itself on the radar for regulation. But here's what's interesting. If I think Binance had to do it to save crypto. And this is why and we didn't even mention this. If Alameda had to do a fire sale of their assets, they, remember, they hold Solana, they hold Ethereum, they hold Bitcoin. If they had to do a fire sale of whatever, I guess their assets were five to 10 billion, but like the contagion from that, that could have completely tanked crypto markets. And as we've seen with Luna, uh, 3AC, uh, Three Arrows Capital Hedge Fund, and uh, Celsius, when these things blow up, they take everyone down, right? So you have to think about what Binance is thinking. Binance is like, we're going to basically make the competitors, uh, holders whole. Uh, yes, we get to acquire customers as Bala alluded to, but now we potentially expose ourselves to US regulators. He had to weigh off the odds, right? He's like, listen, I can't acquire these customers on the cheap uh, and I have to save crypto. But at the same time, now I'm exposed potentially to more regulatory scrutiny. So yeah, can I just add one thing as well? Yeah, like, of course. These guys are not crypto. Like, I think people like to, it's, it's, this is a human thing too. It's like, you want to blame a person. Oh, say yeah. Like, this guy is like, the reason why crypto is, it's like, these guys are using this technology, build a platform, yes. build a business to like, tell a story, to create a narrative. It's like, Bitcoin, Ethereum doesn't care or know who SBF is, who CZ yeah. is, who anybody is. Like, that this has been co-opted in a way that, you know, just just like leverages the memes of the way business has been done for such a long time. And we as humans always do that, right? It's just repeat the things we were doing before with this new thing, despite the fact maybe it has like a fundamentally different set of underlying qualities that could enable something better to emerge. It's all, you know, the same crap over and over yeah. and over again. And until you get a critical mass of people to understand it from a very different level, like until you get 2 billion people thinking like Michael Saylor, this shit is just going to happen over and over and over and over. And, yeah. and you know, even Saylor, he's in playing the leverage game too, right? It's like, this is not... He's not in a position where he could just say, hey, we're just starting to accept Bitcoin for our business and uh, we're going to run like... Oh, yeah, you're right, dude. He's taking out... Uh, he's doing uh, debt financing to take that money to buy more Bitcoin. Yeah, everybody's like out over their skis, like hoping that, they're, that the world believes their story the most, you know? And that's well, so, uh, course, always has been astronaut the case, yeah. shot in the back of the head, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I guess the question I have, to, another frame for this is, we talked about use cases. We talked about how things collapse in a, in a bad market. But if we strip out all the people and all the stories and all the kind of bullshit, how different is this to any other market collapsing? 
and and so like we just showed a graph earlier of 91% down all these tech stocks right now those tech stocks are real companies with real customers and products etc they're not like worth zero in terms of you know creating they're not just a financial instrument like a shit coin they have assets they have customers they have like they've actually yeah. tried to create something of value right um but the i guess the the argument is something we talk about on the pod all the time there's an underlying business that like when I evaluate in my very amateur way of like, do I buy this stock? I'm like, do I like Google stock? Do I like Apple stock? Whatever, as a company. Oh yeah, Apple iPhone, amazing. Apple, whatever. And then the second part is, is the value correct? Does it look like a good price or is it already way overpriced? And those two things are not always in alignment with each other. And like, if you follow the, you know, efficient market hypothesis, that should already be figured out by the market, but that is not clearly the case because we wouldn't be having 91 percent drops if everything was so efficient we wouldn't based be having on this conversation but like, exactly. we wouldn't have started this podcast yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and so i guess the question for you guys is how different is all of this from let's say let's use tech because we know it fairly well all the tech stocks that drop 91 percent you can make an argument that yeah even though they're real assets and real companies they were just playing a different game of a bullshit, essentially pyramid scheme, but that one was VC back companies. And it was about getting a seed round in series A, series B, and each round, if you're the lead investor, you got to be in there to signal to the market. And then you just want to keep growing and eventually you you dump on retail when you go public, right? Um, and I, that's a very cynical take, right? Obviously there's plenty <laughs> of- shaking his head. Fiat fan is distraught with I'm that asking a question. I'm not saying that's the craze. I'm not saying that's really what it is. I'm, I'm it saying is, the I'm, most cynical version is. of this. And there's definitely some examples of that, but go on, go on, it's, fan, what, what do you reckon? Can no, I, no, no, you guys go ahead. I got nothing to go add. Go on, Jack, go on. I was just gonna say, Bilal, <laughs> like, I think you are 95% on the nose in many of the, in many cases yeah. of just the overarching idea of like those with capital can extend the runway of something that is not economically yeah. viable yeah. until it becomes yeah. economically viable, viable. Exactly. some instrument that they have access to. Uber is a good example, right? It's like without a massive disparity of resources being allocated to make this thing amazing story it never reaches the new york stock exchange has been invested into uber and it still might never be a profitable business to jack's point right there's a world where it might never be a real business yeah that's wild yeah but it's good like it is a like i use it it's an yeah, amazing no, it thing changed it's the an behavior. incredible thing. Yeah, yeah. It totally changed the transportation behavior um and what and that and was I, the point sorry um jack that was kind of my point is like yeah we all know it's a better product than calling up a random taxi like we have to do in a lot of parts of the world right or even flagging down a yellow cab in new york i much prefer uber but if then if essentially we just got as consumers and investors you know it, essentially that was a bit of a pyramid scheme in itself as well right like I'm, maybe that's not the right phrase maybe i'm being too harsh in the language but in terms of the reason we all got seven dollar ubers for many years which is crazy it you know like, it, shouldn't be, it shouldn't be seven dollars right yeah. yeah it was a vc subsidized the reason i got about two hundred dollars worth of doordash credit in my account right now is because i'm an acquisition cost and they want to keep pumping their numbers Dude, as well I, I it's narrative so, subsidized below there, there you subsidized. go exactly but yeah but so the, and just to clarify obviously i'm semi-joking but and i'm embellishing it but 
like there is and i think the word pyramid i'm a little averse to using that normally but i'm using a harsh word to describe this high growth company below not uh, yeah thank you (laughs) no but and and i guess it's more of a philosophical question like if the whole world the whole system works like this and we reward and put people on a pedestal for playing the system like here's a great another example like i'm a fan of elon musk what he's done in the business world but the people on the other side of his you know uh, who don't like him they say oh he basically just um you know made the most of government contracts or whatever subsidies which i think is a very smart thing to do because if they're available someone's got to make the most of those but for someone else they're like well that he was just playing that financial instrument game in a different way which is a fair point in its in itself so uh, to, obviously he also created to, to clarify you know several companies that are outstanding so that's a, a separate point but in if terms you're of Elon. if you're listening Elon yeah. exactly yes <laughs> but um but no all, all jokes aside that is that you have to decouple I'm trying to decouple what I said before the company I like but what is the valuation in the way I said before but here Tesla love Tesla but valuation is it a lot of people will say it's completely overvalued as hey, well based on trying to get defensive yeah it was all a meme it was, it was all a so, meme you know exactly. what i'm, I'm laughing the, you know what i'm laughing so hard at Bilal with the seven dollar uber man <laughs> sometimes i'm at, sometimes i'm in seven dollar uber yeah, to seven, google hq right but oh my god yeah. but the, not the worst one honestly to me i was in la a few years ago and i remember taking like a 35 minute ride and it'd been like 12 dollars. and i was like this guy i felt so i had to give the guy an extra tip and i'm like this i feel terrible that this guy drove that long and it cost 12 dollars. like didn't make any sense and now it went the other way everything's expensive again but just it's a weird it's a weird thing you that know we've kind I of rewarded that as well we, we mentioned it but I, I can't keep my eyes off this timeline sorry i saw our boy rick do it yeah rick just <laughs> man our boy rick Byrne was here a couple months ago and he's just saying he's like i just never trusted this guy he said it he's like what did he guy, could you pull up the hey. tweet because i want to talk about it actually and this one's a bit uh this is from uh this is from mid october he just retweeted it but i think his uh yeah, I think from what Rick has said in the past and we've heard of him, one tweet he did was really funny was like, uh, and this goes to Jack's point about these guys don't actually represent crypto, like the actual ethos of crypto. Uh, it goes back to SPF saying, I trade orange futures if I could. And uh, uh, what Rick had said is he's similar to uh, Zuck in the sense of Zuck doesn't care about product, right? He doesn't actually, does he actually According care? to who? No, like when you think about Zuck in the sense of like, he's a, he, like Steve Jobs versus Zuck or Bill Gates versus Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was a pure product guy. That's a reality. He cared about the product. Bill Gates was a cutthroat businessman, obviously a great technical person, but his real skill was that he was a savage business person, right? Not to say Steve Jobs wasn't good at business, obviously he was, but if you go through Steve Jobs' history, he's a product guy. And like, again, SPF didn't care about the product of crypto. He cared that it was a vehicle to make a shit ton of money, right? I think that is what Rick was alluding to. And it turns out to have been born correctly. Well, and actually, yes. an, another point we're on the timeline. Rick just re, re, uh, retweeted this. I think this is a good point. Something that Jack mentioned earlier with Uniswap. Uh, this is Alex Masmej on, uh, on Twitter. He said, every time there's a liquidity problem in crypto, it's a centralized companies. It is centralized companies, not DeFi. 
Every time there's social media moderation problem with centralized companies and not web free social. Uh, the second part, uh, yeah, we don't I, need to go into that part. It. I think that, also no early. one's using web free social, so like whatever. Um, <laughs> so no, let's be honest. I mean, who's there's using web free social? Like, yeah, well, there's yeah, no exactly. content to moderate. <laughs> exactly. But the the point, I think that is a good point, and it kind of brings us back to like something we've talked about forever. And a famous phrase in crypto is "not your keys, not your crypto." I mean, we've all learned this the hard way in different times. I learned it in a very hard way, even in the last year. Like, and I'm pretty good with most, you know, I've had like cold storage forever. But as we all know, like sometimes you get sucked in and things are going well and you can get irk out a little bit more yield and you're like, okay, this is easier. Let me use this. And that is oh, the thing. Um, when things are going well, you're fine. And when you're bro, not, let me that's post when this. You guys are going to shit yourself. Can you see that? Can see in the tweets, there's a there's a there's an article titled "A 30 year old crypto billionaire wants to give his fortune," and then FinTwit just writes "Mission accomplished." Oh my god, hilarious! <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, and then sorry, Trunk. The last thing I was going to say to Rick's point about uh, he also shared SPF has never acted in good faith because he had a he tried to have a civil debate with him. Um, in 20, September 2020 and got blocked. He didn't like that. And it's something we talked about with Duquan as well. And I'm not just saying this in hindsight, but like I have had this thing with when people are kind of like just mean unnecessarily to people on the internet, like a, a lot of the time it seems to be coming to, ca it catches up with them, especially I'm talking about like CEOs and founders. I think Duquan was on another level. I think, you know, SPF was kind of funny at times, but there's definitely an element of that as well. And, um, yeah, I think that's something, you know, in the same way you had that rule around when uh, CEOs don't like to tweet, you're kind of worried <laughs> about, you know, can they be trusted sort of thing. I, I find it a little bit here as well, like when people are just being like massive babies, essentially on the internet, like, like yeah, I don't, I don't think it ends up well most of the time. But um, anyway, anything else before we wrap that one up, boys? This was really, really good. I'm, I'm looking God. forward to re-listening to this because of how distracted we're looking at these timelines <laughs> yeah. are. I think this will be very good, but uh, no, I got nothing else to add, man. I think uh, I think we covered a lot of bases there. What do you guys yeah, think? Yeah, great job on that. I was just going to say, guys, uh, the three of us have more sustainable businesses in FTX, so congratulations. <laughs> we won. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Not, not wrong, to be honest, right? Well, that's what, that's, this is the, the closing thought was like, the whole idea of starting a profitable business is something that is for plebs basically <laughs> well starting a profitable business you said yeah i'm saying like the game that some people are playing is just narrative leverage relationships mm. obviously there's amazing talented incredible people building technologies that require a shitload of belief and capital to build but that game is so different than the economics of of how most people are brought up and how most people think about how to make money, hey, how business, to make yeah. it in the world. And I don't know where that narrative goes in years to come. I don't imagine venture or any of these concepts are going anywhere whatsoever. But in a moment like this in the market, the celebration of businesses that can operate without that amount of risk is just not something that we're generally interested in, right? As people. Yeah. Bring back the Sriracha stories. You yeah, know, yeah dude, we, we got to do a full episode <laughs> on that. It. Well, Jack, this will, this will, to just cement your point, let's leave it with this at, uh, at was it 2.17 p.m. Eastern for the listeners? FTX 
remember when we said earlier that FTT, the token, the mm. elevator CEO is like, we'll buy it all for $22. It is now at $6. Oh, dropped shit. 75% today. The market cap for FTT is below a billion now. So Down that's, 69% if you yeah. want a, a moment yeah, right there. Number. Sounds so a little we, familiar. We, yeah. we don't know what's going to happen. 72%. This Absolutely. is this a big oh, short right now. Yeah, boys. I was gonna say, is this the big short? The 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 last scene when he's on the phone and everyone's phones are going off. The Blackberries. Jesus oh, Christ. Boys. Well, look. By tomorrow morning, by the time this comes out, if you're listening to this, it'll be out uh, Wednesday morning. We record it uh, Wednesday, uh, Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, it could all be done, man. It this could is all going be. To zero. It looks like it's going zero. It makes sense. I mean, it was worth. There's no reason it should be worth CZ's anything. Plugging the, so in summary, CZ is going to plug the hole if they do the DD, uh, make the uh, make the customers hole. If not, then apologies because that means everything just went to zero. <laughs> yeah, then we got bigger problems, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all all right, right, boys. That was fun, man. Great breakdown. Thanks for uh, chatting that through, boys. That was kind of a historic day. I'm glad we got to do it live straight after. Yeah, pretty mad wild, day guys. and uh, thanks for rocking with us every week we'll be here again next week let us know what you think of this in the comments hit a like and subscribe on YouTube and your favourite podcast app and we'll see you next week well, by Cheers. the way Bola, we gotta oh, put God. that at the top of the episode yeah, like yeah, and subscribe let, I've been like watching podcasts they start that's doing it. it at the start that's, that's true that's it. true alright boy we'll see you next time bye bye thanks right, everyone bye, bye. bye.